everyone dreams of living an uncommon life. And the best asset you have to achieve your dreams is you. Welcome to the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living uncommonly. We're also going to give you some tools and strategies for building wealth and for pursuing an uncommon path that is uniquely right for you. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. Have a really fun one for you. This guy I've been wanting to get on the podcast for quite some time. I met him golfing. And the way that I kind of introduced myself is like to the foursome, maybe fivesome, can't remember. Was it foursome? Five. five. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Five some was like, I will be the worst golfer. And Brandon was like, no, I'll be the worst golfer. <laughs> and then right away, I was like, he and I are going to be yeah. kindred spirits. Uh, and then sure enough, uh, we were. Yeah. And the way that his uncommon roles is awesome. So uh, welcome to the show. Thanks Brandon for having me. Yeah. McNace. Yes. Uh, so one, I, I look up to you like crazy. I think one, we've had how long interactions golfing takes way too long. So let's just act like that was an hour because yeah. we don't really get to talk that much, but we were cart buddies. We so were I felt like we, and did we were searching for our balls a lot. So a lot. Yeah. And a lot of times if it was over like 30 seconds, we were like, and we've lost that yeah. one. And we're New moving one. on. New one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, first I ask you, Hey, what do you do? And you were like, I free slave. I, I free slaves. Yeah. That was what you said. Yeah. And immediately I was like, well, that's uncommon. You should be on my podcast, but I didn't say it at the time, yeah. but I was like, let's unpack that a little bit more. You haven't met anyone that so far that does that? No. Okay. Yeah. No. And I would say when you were in college, that wasn't probably what you thought you were no. going to do either. Two years ago. That wasn't that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's been kind of new. Yeah. But what I love about Brandon is one, he's authentic that you're going to probably come across to a fault. Uh, and then two, uh, we both have whoop bands in a, in a similar community. So I like that. Totally kidding. You don't even know what that is, but Brandon does. Uh, and so two, I love that he's uh, searching people, one, making an impact, but also doing it for the kingdom. And so a uh, strong believer, but authentic. And so to me, that's attractive. I hope it is for you. And at the end of this, I hope you have another best friend because he's a kindred spirit like me. So thanks for listening. Brandon, where do we want to start? Where do you want to start? Back to birth? I don't know. You, you decide. We can go there. We can go 10 different episodes. You First, just tell me. you're you married to the love of your life. Yes. Probably been married 12, maybe 13. Yep. Maybe 12. Yeah. Have three kids. Three boys. You're super yep. intentional yeah. with that. So let's get that out of the way. Yep. What were you doing two and a half years ago? Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll back up. <laughs> so my dream job was always real estate. Like I want to go and, and do a bunch of stuff in real really? estate. Yeah, yeah, that was always my dream job. So I was I Glad was reading. You didn't do that. Yeah. Well, I did for a while. I was reading Robert Kiyosaki books. Oh, Rich Dad yeah. Poor Dad. Yeah, you were. Yeah, like doing my, the deal. My uncle at twelve was like, read this. We had the yeah. the board game that we played. I mean, you name it, right? Yeah, yeah. I have that board game. Yeah, of course. So I that was it. me. Yeah. Um. And so, anyways, went to college, graduated, finance degree, all that stuff, and so got my dream job. Um. Basically, what college? Just because I want to know. Was it? So UNI? I went to UNI for a year. Oh, we sure did. Sure. And then three, and then I graduated though from Iowa State. Oh, okay. Okay. So oh, yeah, you're so, a Panther for a little bit, just for a little bit. Yeah. So then, so anyways, so graduated, all stuff, got my dream job. And what I would do is our clients. So I worked for a large um, insurance company, so principal financial group. Um, yeah, we have a lot of probably shared. Yeah, things, I did too. Okay. So worked there. And basically what, what we would do is like the retirement side of things, they would come to us, they'd be a client and say, you know, hundred million dollars, whatever to invest in X, Y, Z. And so I was on a team uh, that handled Houston and Austin, Texas, and we would go down and build buildings and work with people down there wow. and then have oversight. So you could travel down there, walk through skyscrapers. Okay. And you name so it. a little bit different real estate than 
It was big stuff. Yeah. yeah big okay. institutional um, investment yeah. stuff. Um, it was amazing. And then one day, I remember being down in, uh, you know, at the basement or whatever after working out, getting, you know, suit back on, getting ready to go back up. And I heard so clearly in my spirit, um, this is your dream for your life, but this is not my dream for you. A Paul moment, a Saul moment. And I was like, <laughs> that's not real because yeah. I've like worked pretty hard to get here. Yeah. Right. right. Like this is There's my dream. No right. Like all that stuff. So the following day, kind of a, a mentor of mine at work came. He's like, Hey, let's go for a walk. And so, uh, you know, we're drinking coffee, going for a walk. And he says something along the lines, man, I was praying last night. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And then he says something to the effect of, you know, we love having you here. You're amazing. Like you're really great. He goes, but I was praying and I really felt like God Stop. said to me that, this is your dream for your life, but this isn't his dream. For you your life. stop that right yeah. now. Yeah. And he, and he was a Lutheran. So it's like, yeah, even, even a Lutheran, cool, even yeah. better yeah. story. So I was just like, this is crazy. No so way. my one, everyone always asks me like, what's your thing? My thing that, you know, God's given me all of us, right? He gives gifts and, and abilities. One of my things that I think has benefited me more than anything else is that I've, I'll always give him a yes. Like I don't, no matter what it looks like, right. if I know it's him, I go, okay. Yeah. Which what, is the right response, by the way. It, it is, but it's really hard to do. And, and yeah. I don't know why. Especially when you're at the spot where you think like, this is it for me. So I literally turned in my two weeks notice. No. Talked to my wife. Yeah. Told her what happened. She goes, okay. And so. And you're married to an Aaron too. I am. Yeah. yeah. See, we're basically the same people. Basically. But, mm-hmm. and, and I would be dead if I didn't, I wasn't married to her. Yeah. I'm assuming you probably said yep. the same thing. Yep. So, so I left there and, um, Holy cow. went to another, what another, was your wife doing at the time? Stay at home mom. Okay. So, I mean, we got no fa- safety net here. No. So left, did that. Um, and then worked at a, another job. And during that time, things weren't going well, all this type of stuff. Like, I won't even get into it. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I'm okay with not getting into that. Yeah. But you put your two weeks notice in without having anything lined up. Um, a brother-in-law reached out to me and said, anytime you want to work here, you can come work here. Okay. Cut type of thing. Okay. So I'm working there. Right. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. Not even we part of it. We need to go through it. But right. what I will say is during that time, my dad ended up getting sick. Hmm. So he was diagnosed with ALS. Um, hmm. We moved him into our house. And basically, I quit that job. Like, I knew I was supposed to, and I took care of him. Wow. And so quit that job, took care of him. He had some rentals and some things like that. And so he ended up passing away six months later. Like, hmm. diagnosis to death. It was like six Jeez. months, roughly. One of the worst times the worst in my entire life. Disease ever. He had dementia. Oh. He, we had you know ex girlfriends coming in to try to marry him. We had I had two aunts go and try to change the will to take me no. and my sister. You name it. It was a Mord Povich episode. And during that time, I couldn't hear God. But what I realized is is I had so much bitterness in my heart because I didn't really want to be doing. I, I didn't want to be walking through that. Yeah. And I was, um, even though I, was, I knew I was supposed right. to. So he passes huh. away. Fix up um, his houses, sell them, all that type of stuff. With the church that I was going to for a while, they were like, hey, you should come on staff. So I'd be, I was basically an associate pastor. COVID hits. So that's why I'm, there's a lot of like little moving pieces. COVID yeah. hits, and we're doing the fake church thing. We're pretending we're having church. So everybody online thinks we're uh-huh. having church, but there's no one there. Uh-huh. And so I remember walking from the stage, um, opening service, and then walking and, and sitting down. And I remember hearing, you don't belong here anymore. You need to leave. Oh, so I'm a, I'd walked away from corporate. And that's the first time you've heard this voice since you walked away from corporate. Uh, yeah. Like okay, right. to that extent. Yes. Right. So literally I left corporate. Okay. Things finally are working again. Right. And I'm like, I was called into ministry. This is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. So again, put in my two weeks and that started this process of, you know, 
basically what God had to do is prune me down. And it was, I think, because of my pride. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had to cut me down to size. And I spent time basically going to little churches and I became an evangelist. But he told me to walk away from all the contacts I have. He would give me brand new ones. So I'm going and preaching at 30 person church in the middle of nowhere. It doesn't matter. Oh, he opens the door. I'll go to it. And because of that, uh, old uh, mentor of mine who led me to the Lord, you know, whatever, 12, 13 years ago, he invited me down to Brazil. Okay. So, hey, you should come preach in Brazil. And let me know if you want to pause or ask other questions. No, too. no, no, dude. Keep saying your words, Flo. Yeah. So, so I go down to Brazil, and this is where things get, I mean, there's so, like a billion stories I could tell, but this is kind of the highlights to get me where I'm at now. But So I'm down in Brazil, and I preached my first sermon um, with an interpreter. It was amazing. I mean, just everyone down there was amazing. So we go to this new town. No one knows who I am. Yeah. Like, no one knows me. I'm not a big deal. Yeah, you're Brazil. Yeah, I'm in Brazil, yeah. middle of nowhere. And this church is really big. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. I'm going to crush it. Like, I'm going to, <laughs> you should have seen me in that last church. I crushed it. Right. <laughs> and it was, it was this thing of like, I didn't even realize it was in there, but I was like oh, thinking like yeah. that already. And oh, I'm yeah. like a nobody. So all of a sudden getting ready to preach that night, I don't get asked to preach. So I'm like, why am I here if I'm not going to preach? And I'm yeah. like, why? this church is, and all of a sudden I heard the only reason you wanted to preach because this is a big church. Wow. And until you get your pride in check. I can't use you. And so I started crying. Right there. Yeah. And so I, right. I went to the altar. I, I broke down. And I said, God, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't notice this. It's here. Right. Whatever it is you want to do. Praise the Lord. Whatever it is. Yeah, let's go. I'll do it. Yeah. But I, I know it needs to be you. So church service is done. No one at this church in this town has heard me. Love this. No one knows who I am. Yeah. All of a sudden, a lady opens the door. She comes late. Church service is done. She walks in the doors and she points at me. And I'm like, you know, what's going on? Yeah. So she, she, yeah, yeah. So she walks down, we get an interpreter to come over and she said, I had a vision this morning and I saw you and I was supposed to come to Enrija Metedita in Juista Fora. The man in my vision was supposed to be here. It's you. I have a few things I need to tell you. And I'm like, I'm listening. <laughs> okay. Yes. I said, well, what's the first thing? In, yeah. in the church world, it's like people are like, God gave me a word. And you're yeah. like, okay, mm-hmm. I bet he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this was a like, single, a single guy will be like, God gave me a word. We're supposed to get married. And you're like, yeah, no, I don't know if that was God. <laughs> so I'm sitting there going <laughs> somewhat skeptical. Yeah, right? I agree. And first thing she said is, why are you so worried about money? And I was like, what? Because the, the world I left was oh, safety. Yeah, right. And I left it for this. And I had a fear of not having enough. I wanted to be a big deal. Sure. And I wasn't going to be now. Sure. I, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Are we going to lose yeah, our house? And right. that was got to provide. And she looked at me, she goes, every single dream that he's given you, he's going to accomplish. And I was like, okay, well, what's the second thing? She looks at me, she goes, you don't spend enough time with God. And in my head, I think to myself, yeah, I write I sermons. Right. I a, and she looks at me, she goes, and I know you write sermons. <laughs> and I was like, what? what? And she said, in the vision, I saw you in your office. And she described my entire office. And she said, I saw you writing sermons. She's like, you're good. Don't, like, you're good. But you actually get to know him for other people, not just for not you and for him. You. Wow. And he wants to get to know you and he wants you to know him at that level, not for other people. Right. And I was, at that point, when she, after she described my he office. He wants a relationship with you. Yeah. Right. And when she described my office, yeah, you're I was in. like, you're okay. In. You're in. Yep. So then I go, so what's the third thing? And she said, the third thing I'm supposed to tell you is that he has called you to go to Asia. And I go, okay. Okay, stop it right there. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> I'm good with one and two. Yeah. Three. He's called you to Asia, and he's going to use you to set his people free. He's given you a key to unlock doors that no one else can unlock, and through you, he's, you're going to change your region of the world. 
And I go, okay. Uh, so, I got way more questions. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Okay. Well, right. what's the country? Right. She goes, I don't know. Well, what's the key? What's the key look like? When do I get yeah, the yeah, key? Yeah. She goes, I don't know. That's all I'm supposed to tell you. And she walked out the doors. Unbelievable. <clears throat> so that's October of 2022. So okay. first night, second night, we're at the big church still. Guess who didn't get a preach again? Me. And the service is done. And all of a sudden, a, a young girl comes up to me. And she spoke English. And, and I have a, a tattoo at my right arm. And she grabbed my arm. She looked at my tattoo. And I'm thinking, this is weird. Like, why yeah. is this? And she goes, um, is your name Brandon? And I go, yeah. And she goes, okay, good. I had a vision this morning. God told me to come to Nia Methodista and Juista Fora. That the, and I said, wait, wait, did you see me in the vision? She said, no, in the vision, I heard God say, there'll be a man at Nia Methodista and Juista Fora. There's going to be a tattoo up his right arm. His name's Brandon. You have a few things that you need to tell him. No. Promise you. I have like goosebumps. Promise my you. My mouth is wide open. I go, what do you need to tell me? Why are you so worried about money? Hit you with it again. <laughs> you don't spend enough time with him. <laughs> And I'm supposed to tell you that he's called you to Asia to set his people free. The same three. Same stuff. Same stuff. And I go, and the only thing that was different is she said, don't worry. The, um, the country you're going to might seem dangerous, but he said, he told me to tell you that he's got you. He's going to protect you. Oh it's not a big gosh. deal. This is the best podcast I've ever had. Yeah. There, I've like got a billion stories. And so I'm sitting here going, okay. Okay. That's interesting. Seems a little bit of coincidence here. Checks out. Yeah. Right. Checks out. Um, and so I fly back home. That's October. Sorry. That was August of 2021. Whoa. So go back home. I'm still, I'm, I'm in my office going, God, what do you want me to do? Like I've like something burned inside of me, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do. All this stuff. And so, cause again, I'd left my, the church and, and so I'm kind of on my own. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And God's given me a thing, but I don't like, okay. So what, at what point did you call Aaron? I was like, Hey, <clears throat> I told all of her, all this stuff. Now, mind you, if we had 18 hours, I could tell you stories like that in different things that have happened previously. Sure. Okay. So, so you're trying to expedite the story. But, yeah. Okay. There's a lot of other stuff like right. my, how I got say, I mean, there's a ton of crazy stuff, but the one thing is we've always seen the fruitfulness of obeying him. Yeah. We've never, right. We've never questioned who he is because we've never been in a position where we could question his character. If that makes sense. He's always provided. Right. Always every step of the way. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, we wanted this house at auction. My first house wanted auction. It was the middle of the finance. This is an example, middle of the financial crisis. Okay. No one has any money. And so there was this catch 22 where my wife was like, I think, you know, we're supposed to go there and put a bid on this house and buy it at auction. So we won the little bit of money we had, we put down for the down payment and it goes on this battle of the the finance company was like, hey, you have to fix these couple things before we give you the loan. And then on the flip side, the company that was selling to us was like, well, you don't get access until you give us the money. So right, a couple months right. go by. It's in the middle of the financial crisis. Like right. no one, like everybody's no freaking out. Everyone's freaking losing out, yeah. their jobs. No one's on, doing on money. like Friday. They're like, if you don't have, it was like seventy one or seventy two thousand or something to us on Monday, we're going to take the house and we're going to auction it. Again. So I, yeah. So I went back to that house and I said, God. If you want us here. Yeah. Right. You said this was the house. Right. If it's not, that's totally fine. Help me understand it. But I'm pretty sure we're supposed we're to be obedient here. Right. So anyways, I won't get into the names. Uh, uh, my father-in-law said, you should go ask so-and-so. And so I went to this person that I'd never met, told him what happened. He goes, how much do you need? And he wrote me a check and paid for the house. And I paid him back. And I like, 
paid him back like a month later. <laughs> like it was stuff like that. They would just it, happen always. Right. Like okay. it always happened. Okay. So anyways, so that was August of 2021. Yep. I go back home. Don't know what's going on. Well, that church that had never heard me preach the big one yep. said, Hey, we want to do a conference. We would love for you to come here and to do this for us. So I said, Oh, okay. Yeah. So I went back. <clears throat> Brazil now, you go. Yep. So I go back to Brazil. It was awesome. I have some amazing friends there now. Um, and it was definitely a part of this, uh, of my story and definitely going to you know be a part of it going forward. So, but I go down there, nothing happens. There's no other words for me. And it rolls up on but to, you to teach. Uh, yep. So okay. I taught at the church that I wasn't allowed to before because my pride wasn't in check. So yeah. I got it. Finally got it back. That's helpful. Yes. <laughs> but then I'm sitting here going, I still don't know what's going on. And uh, we watched a series called The Chosen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyways, so we watched yeah. this, this series and in they do a, a show in the theater. And so they prior to that, there was this guy that messaged me. And all he said was, Shalom, man of God. Now, when you get in ministry, people message all the time and ask for money. Like yeah. overseas. Yeah, yeah. Just part of it. Yeah. So I didn't think anything of it. And he would only just say shalom, man of God. So I'm like, hey, that was it. Little did I know this man didn't know how to speak English. Okay. Okay. Don't know where he's from. Don't. It, okay. Whatever. Doesn't. Nothing. So we go to the theater and they define the word shalom. And when they define the word shalom, all of a sudden I hear this guy's name and I think back to this guy, shalom. And I go, man. I think I'm supposed to write this guy. And this might've been like December, January of, you know, December 22 or January right. uh, or sorry, December 21 or January 22. Okay. So I'm sitting there going, I think I'm supposed to write this guy. So I told my wife, when well, I get home, Simon who now runs everything for us in Pakistan. Yep. Right. Wrote me on this right. guy's thing. Right. So I, he said, Hey, we've been waiting for a couple of years. God told us to wait that he would send us someone. We were on Facebook and in a, a sermon that you did in Brazil was up popped into our feed and God told us, this is the one you've been waiting for. I was wondering if we could talk on the phone. Holy cow. Asia. So, <laughs> so, it's all together. so I call him and I, you know, Simon. and during this time I'm sitting here going, I'm, I'm in the book of Exodus. I'm a one trick pony preacher. I can't uh, get out yeah, of Exodus. You told me this. Okay. Yeah. I can't yep. get out of Exodus. So I call him. I said, hey, what's up? You know, like, where are you at? And he goes, I'm in Pakistan. So is Pakistan in Asia? Asia. Sure yes. Yeah. Okay. And I don't tell him anything of the word. Nothing, right? Nothing, right. And I was like, so who do you work with? Like, what, what do you guys do? You said you've been waiting for me. So what is it that you do? Well, um, there's roughly, you know, anywhere between, you know, three and a half and four and a half million Christian slaves in the country. And I was like, okay, wait, what? what? And he goes, well, you know, like Exodus, the story. And I said, familiar. <laughs> and he goes, so how they made bricks for Egypt? Yeah. It's the same thing in Pakistan. And I was like, what? And so he's kind of talking and I'm sitting here like um, how many of the listeners yeah. are going to be like, what do you mean they're slaves? I'm, I'm stuck on this. And I made the comment. I said, well, can you buy them? And he goes, yeah. So my wife doesn't know this part of the story she does now yeah but i so i go upstairs and i said hey babe like this is gonna sound really crazy and she goes i know oh but back up i was supposed to go to peru and preach at like a ton of churches and it got canceled hmm. due to covid and all this type of stuff so right. i was really distraught my wife goes i just have a feeling god's gonna open up a door and i was like okay so i walk i'm like hey i think god opened up a door and she was like where you know she's probably thinking japan you know yeah, like something yeah, cool right and i go pakistan <laughs> and she's like Huh? Sorry, what? Yeah. Come again? 
So she prays about it and she's like, I actually feel at ease with you doing this. I was like, okay. I talked to my Bible study. I talked to all these people and everyone's like, no, that is so dumb. But I'm at ease. I'm at ease and she's at ease. Right. So I I got connected to an evangelist out of um, Tulsa and a pivotal conversation. I called him and I laid out everything that I just told you. I said, man, so, and there's other little things, but so many things are lining up. I feel like this is the thing. And he goes, I'm going to ask you a question, but don't answer until you know. And so anybody that's been in the church world has heard somebody say, have you made Jesus Lord of your life? Right. Lord of your finances. Right. Like, and and that's fine. Like I I get it. He asked me the same question, but he said it differently. He goes, I'm going to ask you a question, but do not answer until you know. Yeah. And I say, Oh yeah. Ask me a question. What's up? Are you willing to die for him or not? Yeah. That's a good question to think about. You don't really want to answer that quick. (laughs) That's a deeper, it's the same thing. Is he Lord or not? Right. Okay. So are you willing to die for him or not? Right. And so I paused for like a minute and I remember when I left my church, the church job, I have a good resume. So I was applying for jobs. I was doing all that stuff. Nothing. Like I was sitting there. I'm like, I'm applying for levels way below where Mm -hmm. I was at. Right. Nothing. And that Brazilian evangelist, I'd called him and said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And he said, you'll never work a normal job a day of your life. God's called you to something, get over it and go forward. Like, and I was sitting there like, okay. And so I'm just like flabbergasted. And I go, you know what? There's nothing else for me to do. Right. And I go, yeah, I'm ready. And he goes, okay, good. He's going to protect you. You need to go. And that's all I needed. My wife was on board. I felt like I was supposed to. The one guy that I was reached there out to, well, he's like, yeah. yeah. So I talked to Simon. Simon started sending me pictures of these people. I've never met anybody. Okay, let's talk about, let's go back to yeah. the, let's go back to, wait, can you, can you buy them? Like, so let's, I'm sure you had a little bit more conversation about the finances because I feel like yeah. our listeners could really benefit from this yeah. part, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I was like, so what does this look like? Uh-huh. Like, what do you mean you yeah. buy them? And he said, well, they're owned because there's a debt. Now, typically it's like fourth, fifth, sixth generation. They're born into it. I, I would say high nineties, 98, 99% of the people are it wasn't born even into their it. debt. It was born into great, 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 great. Therefore they are now Correct. working forever. We've only encountered one family that has known freedom and gone into slavery. The grant, and so we've now saved. So kind of like spoiler alert. Yeah. We've saved 1,599 people since April of 2022. Okay. We're now the leading organization doing this work for wow. sure in Pakistan. For sure. Probably in a bigger area. What's too. the organization called? Exodus five, one. Okay. So Exodus, like the book of the Bible and then five and then one, not spelled out the actual numbers. So okay. in Exodus chapter five, verse one, it says it's the first time Moses t- tells Pharaoh, let my people go. Okay. Yep. Um, and so anyways, so I'm sitting here and I'm like trying to wrap my mind around this, but to go to the point, back to the point. So the one family we've encountered, a grandfather ended up going to the hospital, had some hospital that died. Couldn't pay it obviously. Cause he's dead. Yeah. The eldest son inherits the good or the bad. So this man inherits his father's yep. hospital debt. Yep. has four or five kids. Slave owner comes in, buys the debt from the hospital says he can work it out for me. That's the only family doing this work now for a year and a half, we have ever encountered every single other person has been born into it. They don't even wow. know what it's like to be free. Wow. So the gist of it, and he explains this to me, he said, there's this debt. Now what we've come to find, I said, well, you know, how much, you know, yeah, I'm trying to figure right. out, I was like, oh, yeah. is this going to be like $10,000 a person? Right. So on average, this is going to sound crazy. It's $250 a person, 250 bucks <laughs> buys a human out yeah. of slavery. Yeah. And technically, if I wanted to, it buys them. So right, right. You obviously you release the, them, right, right. But that but buys you a person. could 
put them back into some kind of slavery. Yes. So 250 buys a person. And then what we do is for uh, six months, we take care of them, housing and food. Now we buy it, we save money up and we buy in chunks of families. So we don't buy out a single person. We buy out, buy out right. family units, but $50 for covers housing and food for six months. So $300 a person on average covers the freedom and, and housing and six food months. for six months. Okay. I got a couple other questions. Yeah. Don't you know, Brandon? Yeah. What is the individual who has put them in slavery? How do they feel about this? So here's the funny part. By law, they have to sell them to us if we satisfy the debt. Unbelievable. But they can't be happy. They're not. Okay. Because they're worth way more to them. Oh, as are a slave. you kidding me? Yeah, they're cash yes. cowing. Correct. Okay. So And then what's their payoff? So like, okay. How are you for the whole life? Like, what are they getting paid? Like two pennies a day? So it, it varies, but the general idea would be um, just to make like round numbers. So let's say it's a family of 10. Okay. You know, it's a lot of times it's like six, seven, eight, yeah. whatever. But let's say it's a family ten. of 10 just to make it. Um, and they work 10 hours a day. Okay. Now, some of them work up to 18 hours a day because there's a quota of bricks they have to make each and every day. Wow. Okay? Last trip I was there it was 110 degrees with 70% humidity. It's horrible Hard. Hard over there. Do, right. They work all day. So, but just for the sake of making things easy, 10 people, mm-hmm. 10 hours, that's a hundred hours worth of work. Yep. Okay. They might get paid. Yeah. They might get paid a dollar, but here's where it gets interesting. So they're owned by the slave owner. Mm-hmm. Well, they have to stay on the property. So there's a little tiny hut that they live in. They have to rent it. Yeah, they do. So um, he takes that dollar then food. Yep. Food. Well, oh, I, yeah. you can't go off site. No. So you're going to buy the food from me. Oh, you needed to get 80% of that dollar boom, 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 back boom. to the home. And during the rainy season, and there's a rainy season there. They can't make bricks. They still have a quota. So I have to now lend you that money. Oh my gosh. And here's the fun, the kicker. None of them know how much they owe and none of them know how to read or write basically. Oh my goodness. Brandon, this is like the perfect storm. They'll never get out. Yeah. They'll never get out ever. So we've asked people, have you ever seen anybody get set free? Nope. Did you even know? Nope. Do you, do you know how much you owe? Nope. Brandon. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh my goodness. Okay. That's helpful. I think it's helpful for the listeners because it's like, it's a lot. So atrocious. Oh, this isn't true. I I promise you. It's like true. I, we have it. I mean, you can go to my website. Live it. Okay. And, yeah. We got to keep going. So this is so good. Yeah. So, so anyways, back so to you're like going back over. You're well, going no. over. So I find out you can buy them. Yeah. He tells me what I just discussed with you. Yeah. And, and so you're like doing the math, like, wait a second. That's cheap. Right. Now I'm also not making any money at this point. Right. Yeah. That presents a problem, <laughs> but I do have a credit card. Okay. And so he sends me pictures. Like, I'm like, I want to see proof of this. So he's sending me pictures and videos and all stuff. I'm, I'm working out and I'm bawling. Yeah. People think I'm having a midlife crisis at any time fitness. Yes. Like, and God wrecked my heart for these people. I don't know. So I just started, I sent a bunch of money over there. So I had $12,000 on my credit card, but I couldn't not do it. I just had to do it. Right. My wife didn't even know about it. It was one of those money. Yeah. Just here's the money. Yeah. And I, so I, I called somebody I know, Hey, when I get back, I might have to sell my truck. I might, whatever. Because I and, just freed a whole yes. bunch of Pakistanians. So I sent him the money, but I went there to see, okay. You just you just freed 40, 40 people. So, But I wanted to go see, yeah, is this I real? Right. So I'm going to go, well, in 12,000, that also includes plane ticket and stuff. Okay. So I don't remember the exact, it might have been like 2,700 bucks, or tw- sorry, 27 people maybe on my first trip or okay. something along because those lines. Because you had some expenses plane to go over there. Yeah. 
So, so anyways, I, two days, like two or three days before I go, a church comes to me and they're like, Hey, we want to take up an offering for you. And the pastor, I love him to death. And they, they, the gist of it was they're like, he's like, can I take an offering? I said, yeah. And he's yes, like, you can. So Please. where are you going? Can't tell you. What are you doing? Can't, Can't tell, you. tell you that either. So he gets up in front of the church, says, Brandon's going somewhere. Can't tell you where. And I don't even know what he's doing, but I feel like we're supposed to take an offering. They take an offering. He said, anything you give us, we're going to write him a check. I got a check two days before for $12,000. And God was just like, are you going to trust me or not? Wow. So I go over there now with a ton of faith. Yeah. I don't know anybody. I've talked to this Simon guy on WhatsApp a couple times. I hop on a plane. Which doesn't know English very well. Simon does. Okay. He does. Okay. The the guy that wrote me initially does. Okay. And none of the rest of the team does. All right. Get on a plane. I land in Qatar. Yes, and I that very day, their prime story. minister gets kicked out of office. Uh, and so I'm like, so I'm getting texts on my phone, like, turn around, you know, don't go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, well, I'm already here. So I'm thinking, I'm in Qatar airport. So and if anybody's good. ever been there, it's like, this airport's like, there's, you can buy gold and it's beautiful. It smells great. Like the bathrooms are nice. It's, an, it's nicer than any American airport I've ever been to. Huh. So I'm like, hey, <laughs> it's not yeah, bad over here at we're all. We're good. Okay. Fast forward, I now land in Pakistan. Everybody shrinks. So I'm like a foot taller than everybody. I got tattoos. I got, you know, I, I stand out. Yeah. And so, and granted, the day before their prime minister got kicked out of office. Yeah. So I land and I'm trying to like, I'm walking up. Hide. And I'm shrinking. Right. I'm the only American yep. for sure in the airport. I'm the only white person. I mean, everyone else is a different shade than me. It's not like I blend in. And I walk off and this, this military guy goes, come over here. And I was like, I just got off the plane. This is crazy. So I, I go over and I'm going to tell this joke. This isn't a political thing, yeah. but it's funny. This is literally what happened. And so I'm, I, I get out the plane and he goes, are you here to overthrow our government? And I'm like, what the heck is happening? Right. God, like you had, you called over here and now you're going to get, I'm gonna get arrested? arrested. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. In Pakistan. This is crazy. And I said, I don't know. I'm not, I know I'm here to visit a friend. Where's your friend live? Uh, I don't know how to say the city. How do you know him? I met him on Facebook. Like this oh, story yeah. sounds. Now you're like, oh this man, sounds crazy. you're hearing your story. Like yeah, this isn't this sounds good. Stupid. This isn't great. So literally he looks at me again. He goes, our prime minister is kicked out of office. Are you here to overthrow our government or not? And now two other, three other military guys are getting closer. They're not like pointing guns at me or anything, but I'm it's sitting here going, starting to this is, feels a little like, weird. Yeah. And so I, I thought to myself this, if God really called me here and I'm pretty sure he did, then I don't have to be someone that I'm not. Yeah. I don't right. have to be other people that I've seen in ministry. I don't right. have to do, right. I got I to need to be Brandon and I like to joke around a lot. And so, you know what? I'm going to say something. So I'm going to say brand, I'm going to be Brandon in this moment right. and not anyone that I've read a book about <laughs> like, right. And so I, I said, no, I'm not here to overthrow the government. I said, honestly, if I was, I wouldn't be working for Biden. I don't think he's a great president. And he looks at me and he scowls. And I said, I didn't vote for him. I voted for the other guy. Okay. And he goes, <laughs> he, and he looks around and he goes, we don't like him either. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah. And he goes, we don't like him either. And I was like, and he looks at me and he goes, oh, you are going to love Pakistan. Have a great time. And just lets me go. Shut that, up. That was it. And so I walk into the country. <laughs> and then that night, I'm in a van with 10 people with AK-47s. None of them speak English except Simon. You have got to be thinking like, this, this is, is crazy. A, this is the craziest thing 100%. in the world. And the, and this is your life. Like yes. this is real pinch. me. Yes. And this, the joke is over there that the team was like, man, you always know where everything is. Yeah. You know, landmarks. Yeah. 
because when they were taking me out in the middle of nowhere, I'm trying to remember streets, bridges. Oh yeah. Cause I thought I was going to get taken. Right. It wasn't right. like I had a great memory. I was literally thinking fighting for I your life. I'm an idiot for right. doing this. Right. We've got a, we got a, a backpack full of cash. And if anyone's ever seen a Western, <laughs> yes. if anyone's ever seen a Western, you got the rose of like the, the main street thing with yeah. the tumbleweed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's a picnic table, a plastic like looking picnic table in the middle with some Pakistani men sitting at it that don't look very nice. And we literally are in the middle of nowhere. There's no lights. There's no nothing. I mean, it's, I don't even, it's crazy. Everyone gets out of the truck or the van and they say, stay here. And so they go up and they start exchanging the cash. And I'm thinking, am mm. I getting sold? Like, I don't, right. I don't right. know. So finally they, they get the deal. We have the contracts cause, and we can get into that later, but there's contracts that get gotta basically, have and then right. we file them with the government. All, yep. All that stuff. Which is honestly kind of refreshing, yes. candidly. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's right. like a, I tell people, it's almost like when you go buy a, tar, a car, you get a title. Right. It's the same type of thing. Right. Which and is so, so like, sad. But and then once we turn them into the government and we file them there, they get issued Pakistani security, uh, social security numbers. Wow. So I become people at that point. Wow. So anyways, the, the owner's son wants to meet with me because he's probably never met an American. So he walks over and they're like, you know, hey, he wants to, you know, talk to you. And so we start talking. I shake his hand and he says, does your government know you're here? And I was like, what do I say? What do I do here? Yeah. So I said, cause we're kind of in uncharted territory at this point. Yeah. Bin Laden was like two hours away from here. We're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. Toto, you know? And so I said, yeah, there's actually a drone above me right yeah. now. Cause yeah. our, and for sure. And they yeah. all look up and they're like looking in the sky. And I said, it's so happy. You'll never see Dude, it. Listen, you, you can't see it. Yeah. But so just trust me. Yes. My and, God is looking out for yeah. me. <laughs> and they're all like, this is, Oh, you've got to drone. You know, like they're acting yeah, crazy. Yeah. So we get back to the van and, and Simon goes, you have a drone watching you? I was like, no, man. no, but they don't need to know that. <laughs> yeah. So that's literally, that's the first trip. The, you know, like Un- I, get, and I see it, God wrecks my heart for it. And then it, we, I've just never been the same since. Like the fact that they know the process of this is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Actually, Simon. Yeah. Cause then you probably the next day you had to go do the deal. Yep. And then did you get a sit like witness who they let go? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the okay. I have a video of it. I, it's like imprinted in my memory. Yeah. The first family we ever set free. Now, we tell them now ahead of time. Right. Um, we're getting well enough known that we don't want anything bad to happen to them or and stuff. But that first trip, it was all surprise. Oh, I bet. So none of them know what's Why? happening. Yeah, and we right. tell them, oh, by the way, You're we have a van here. Here's some money. And we're going to take right. you. And we're going to set you up. At, like it's So this guy's crying. I, I hug him in this video that I have on on. Uh, on Instagram and stuff. And it was just the coolest moment. And so people are like, you know, is it sad? I said, yeah, it's sad. I mean, they get beaten, raped, killed, burned alive. I mean, you name it. Right. But the sad, one of the saddest things was they've never had hope. Right. They've never seen anyone right. get set free. Right. They've, like, they didn't even know what it existed. No, this is their life, which is kind of honestly a gift. Yeah. They don't know what it's like. If you think about it, which is so sad to say, yeah. but okay. so we're doing like, we're setting these people free and imagine for, you know, as far as you can see, it's like brick kilns and people. And so like hundred and some people start getting Watching. closer and closer and closer. They think they're next. Oh, Brandon. <coughs> Ooh. So what I always tell people is the saddest part was seeing a group of people have hope for the first time and then, and then not being able to help back. them. Right. So I literally went through every single person. I shook their hand, like letting them know I see you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, there's four and a half million, like, what are you going to do? So you have to just do what you can. And then the other part is then I go shake a slave owner or manager's hand, knowing the stories and knowing what they do. Right. Thank you so much. 
appreciate you for lending me on your property. Now they have to legally, but they can put up a bigger fight. Um, and so it's like, because God loves them. Right. Just as much as he loves me. Right. And so, and all they're doing is what they've grown up. They right, don't know any right, different. Right. And so doing... it, it's a really like interesting, you, you become almost callous to the things that you see because there's no other really way to deal with it. 100%. And so that's literally like, that's from start to finish. That's how, you know, that's kind of how this all started. Dude. If, if the listeners are not like turning their volume up to a hundred percent, I don't know what else to do here. Okay. So that's where you and I hung out. Okay. Yeah. Then you were like, and I'm going back. And yeah. it was like two weeks yeah. from the time we went golfing. Okay. So tell me about that trip. So, I mean, well, there's been a, quite a few now. Um, I, I probably met you halfway through. So maybe I'd done one or two trips maybe. And now okay. I'm four maybe. Okay. Um, so you've gone twice over there since four. we've hung out. When did we hang out? I feel like it was only like a couple months ago. Okay. Like so then I mean, I've only been one. I, I feel mean. like that. Okay. But one then. Um, yeah. I mean, so here's the weird thing is like the government's been amazing to work with. Wow. They, I can't, I, I can't criticize. I mean, not like everybody's bending over backwards to help us, but we've encountered no trouble um, because there are laws to set these people free, but you know, court case, no one has the money. How are you going to do that? Right. And so they've been honestly really good to us. And huh. so everything that we do continues to get bigger. We continue to refine, you know, so basically, I mean, there's a ton of things that we do, but what I, what I've boiled it down to is we set people free. That's going to be the heartbeat of what we do forever. Right? right. So, and we take care of them for six months. We also have a school, so it's maxed out. We have 250 kids at our school. We wow. teach every single day um, because they don't know how to read and write. And if you oh, can give right, them an education, right. then they can, things change. Right. Then they can. And then we also have a church. And so our church has, I don't know, somewhere between like probably four or 500 people that go to it. And Unbelievable. So those are like the three kind of funnels, but we do crusade. I mean, uh, they had a really big flood the first year. So 2022, most people don't know this. Pakistan is a country of roughly 220 million people. Like something like 60% of their country was covered with water. Like you could see it from space. It was huge. Um, we ended up handing out 90,000 meals or something during that we did. Whoa. We saved like a thousand people off rooftops. We had a tent Whoa. city provided medical, like all this crazy stuff. And it's like these can random connections that just always happen. Um, and so like last we, we did a Christmas crusade last year with 10,000 people. So like we've preached to, I mean, I don't even know, 30, 40,000 right. people probably Finally by giving now. people hope in yeah. two different directions. Yeah. Right. And we do it. Sometimes in services, uh, I mean, our smallest, I mean, we might right. go to a brick kiln, right? 50 people at it. Fine. Or we might do a service with 10,000 on anything in between. Real, Brandon. Okay. So who's on your, who's boots on the ground for Exodus 5.1? So we've got like, I don't know, probably I would say 70, 80 people that are all volunteer that work all the time. So when we do a crusade, they set up, they clean it, they get the wow. site ready, they prepare. Anytime we do a service, I want to feed, feed the slaves. Yeah. Um, and so there, that's important to us. But the other piece is we've probably got, I would say, like eight to 10 people that are like leadership, taking over things. Sure. And then the rest of the people will help handle security, do, do whatever. And it's the people that are, it's like our church, wow. our church community over there does pretty much everything. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so what's the one? Okay, I'm sure the listeners are like, okay, how do we, how could they contribute to this if they wanted financially? So, one thing I'll say, and, and I always forget to talk about this, the, I always get asked this all the time. So, knowing that they didn't choose this life, the second thing is, well, can't the slave owner come and get him again? Or, you know, I always yeah, get that. Right. So, 
there are very strict laws. We've done court cases now. We've won every single court case. Right. But, and it has nothing to do with this, but I, I just want to say the laws are very strict. And if any slave owner even touched someone, they'd go to prison. Like Bad they news. can't. Right. And these people have never known freedom. They're not going to go borrow money from anybody. Oh yeah. They and, know how that goes. Yes. And so they're never, so far this, we've never encountered anybody that even needed money from us after this. Experience. Well, I think this is interesting because there's only one family that you've encountered that has gone into back into slavery. Like that says something. And it right? wasn't their fault. Right. It was the grandfather's. Right. right. So it's not like they're charging a credit card. It's not like and right. everything we've ever seen is it's typically related to hospital stuff Ah, because they don't have a bank that they can go to borrow money. Sure. They don't have health care. Right. So they have to go pay for and the that, that the debt doesn't go away when you're dead, which is correct. A whole different. So that's way. really what. So in terms of giving, so we're, we're going to come out with a new website this year, which is super cool. I'm, um, um, you know, I'm bootstrapping this thing. I'm trying to keep yeah, it right. cost low so everything can so just you go can over go there, right? Keep free yes. slaves. So literally Amazing. we're gonna come out with a new website, all that type of stuff, but there's a giving platform on the website. So you can give electronically. Um, okay. there's a P.O. box on What's there. What's the website? Exodus five one? So, Exodus five one dot org. Okay. And, and then Exodus and then the number five, number one dot org. Yeah. Okay. And then um, you know, we have a P.O. box, so I've, I have them. people they're like, Hey, we don't really feel comfortable. I was like, Yep, yeah, we accept checks and stuff. So okay. Those, you know, that's really what it is. And then, so now we've got like, you know, just kind of wrap it up like dream wise. Um, we're getting ready and we're kind of talking about a documentary. So we took a documentary filmmaker oh, over yeah, there. yeah, that's what we were talking yeah. about last time. So we've, we kind of are figuring out what does this look like? Uh-huh. Who do we want to work with? Yeah. Um, I, the story, everyone that hears is like, this is crazy. So it's like, what does this look like? Get the information out. Yeah. And um, so we're trying to figure, figure out the next process of that. And then the hmm. second piece is. This next year, the goal is I want to, we want to build or at least purchase land and, and build a new campus. The idea being our church and so everything's maxed out. Yep. Um, and what we do is these, these places they, they live, we rent places all around the city. So my thought process was, it's like, man, it'd be really cool to have a site. Yeah. We built, and we build a 1200 person church, uh-huh. 1200 person school. And then we have whatever, 100, 200 homes on site right. that instead of having to go rent all the time around like the city, compound almost, it's there right, right. and we know where they're at. We, they can help us. And then we pioneer that concept. And my goal would be, cause it's really hard to get land there. It's expensive. Uh, it, it's really, so it's super cheap for everything else. But imagine this, imagine. So the United States is what three thirty or something. I don't know around there. 330 million. Okay. Imagine 220 million people in the size of like Texas sure. and Oklahoma. Right, 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 right. So just land's very expensive. <laughs> and so, but my goal would be like, if we can pioneer this, if we can, I want to do wells, you know, for water and stuff. And I told him everyone gets access to clean water. It's 98% Muslim there. So I talked to an imam and he said, who would have access to the water? I said, the city, everybody, everybody, everybody right. deserves to have clean water. Right. So I want to be like this point in the city where everybody's like, that's where I want to go. We can Hope. clean water. Yes. Right. And then my thought process is if we can get this done, then there's going to be other cities that say, Hey, if we give you land. Would you, you come and build this here? Right. And my thought process is like, man, if you can interject hope and if you can love honest a portion of the city, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Teaching right. them to like, there's trash everywhere. Right. So you know what we're going to do? We'll pick a street around us and we'll start making like circles around it. This year, we're going to go one block out. So businesses, hey, can we paint the outside of your business? Can we, can we clean up this and show them? What taking pride yes. looks like in your city. That's right. how you like change things. And we just change a portion at a time. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as we're serving everybody. Because it'd be cool to see that ripple effect. Yes. Truly ripple effect of like, oh. The oh, people there oh. 
I'm not kidding you. The people there are amazing. Everybody's like, oh, I would. The no. people there are amazing. The the Muslims that we have met are amazing. Like sure. I'm telling you right, right. now, they, it's been a sh- shocking realization. Wow. And I look at it as like this could be like what South Korea was back in the day. They have amazing leather, like they have amazing production capabilities, but it's like a, they have a huge port city. There's all these things where Pakistan could just leap forward, but because of this, yes, it's positioned that way, but you have to get people to take pride in it. Unbelievable. Right. Right. You've got to do that. So who knows what's going to happen? Right. Right. I never thought I'd be doing this. Right. (laughs) So things could change, but the goal was I, I, so we did 303 people. In 2022, All right? You 1599 at this point. So I said, I said, man, if we could do a thousand people by the end of 2023, that would be crazy. There's no way right. we could get to that. We literally three or four weeks ago, because of a court case, and I can't like talk about what we're doing. Right. We set free 546 people. And in, in, unbelievable in one week. So holy cow! Yeah, yeah. The I'm just saying it's ramping up where quickly, very quickly. Four million is really what you're going after. Four, yeah, four, four so, and a half or whatever it is. So, right? I think my I really believe we're going to see it. I don't think we'll buy them all. I think we're actually going to change the laws there. Um, in my here's the crazy part: if you go down to India, they own Muslims. They do the same thing. Go up to China, they own people. Go to the Congo, all of oh our batteries have cobalt in them. They own those people. Yeah. Right. So, so there's slaves everywhere. My fundamental belief, I don't care if they're Muslims. I don't care at all. Let's go I, at some them. point, let's, right. if we go get all the ones f- freed, because they're only owned because they're Christian. Muslims oh. can't own another Muslim. Oh, interesting. So that's a different wrinkle. But then you go to India, they, they own Muslims. Them. Right. So I was like, how cool would it be if we set everyone free here and we go to India and we set all the Muslim free? Right. To show I'm not doing this because they're Christian. I'm doing this because you don't alive. deserve to right. own a person. Right. That's not that's not on the table. So like, and when people see that, I'm I my my faith causes me to fight for humanity. For sure. But it's not like I'm just choosing them. Right. 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 There's a like I literally go watch the Ten Commandments, the stomping on the mud. Uh-huh. That's what it is every single day. They do not deserve to be treated like property. That's a wow. that's that surpasses. Anything of people's right. beliefs. That's right. a, that's just a human. It's human. Like right. Humanity doesn't human deserve right. it. Yeah, right. that's that's it. No matter where you live, you should wow. not be owned. Oh, so that's anyways, awesome. so I think it'll be super cool. Which could be a really cool resume builder. Can't you know, be just to go back into. Not to say it like <laughs> that, but like truly like, no, I don't care who they are. Muslim, yeah. Christian, whatever. Because I think you could get resistance because like you're only going after Christian. Correct. I'm going after human life. Yeah. Right. It and just happens where we're planted. Yes. So we right. freed some Hindus. There's on like, as you get closer to like India, there's some sure. Hindus and stuff like that. Right. But the gist of it is if someone's owned, we're going to go after, we're going to go after them. And right now this is where the team's at. Oh, it's so good. Like who knows what it'll so end up being, good, Brandon. but it's like, I never thought I'd be doing this. Right. Like, so who knows what will happen? Who knows? Like, right. What God will have you go do? It's uncommon. That's all I know. That's what I'm talking about. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, well, you can see why I wanted you on the show. Thanks yeah. for your enthusiasm. Thank you for being, uh, a voice for the underdog. I think I'll say that. Yeah. Um, dude, you're, inspiration for sure super uncommon i love the path you're on i love the path that god has you on mm-hmm. and if there's any way we can help i'd be happy to do it yeah. so so you've been listening to the uncommon wealth podcast uh, i've been your host phil Ramsey. until next time uh, go get passionate go 
impact the kingdom, go impact somebody. I guarantee you it's going to change your life. Have a great day. That's all for this episode. Brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit uncommonwealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.